Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Welcome everyone to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. We are live with Lou Wise, who is the host of the show, and joining us is Anthony Nieves, who is the committee chair for the Institute for Supply Management's Purchasing Managers Index Report on the Services Sector. That's a mouthful. Anthony, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me on the show. So you've got a great number, a composite number. So we're going to have you share the composite number and then break it down so everyone knows what it's comprised of. Sounds good. So we look at the PMI, composite index came in at 54.5. It's up 1.8 percentage points. It beat uh, many economists' expectations this month. They thought it might be a point or two lower. Uh, and the index is comprised of four sub-indexes, which is business activity, new orders, employment, and supplier deliveries. Business activity of 57.3 is up ever so slightly, 0.2 percentage points. New orders up 2.5 percentage points. The largest gain in the sub-indexes came from employment at four percentage points of an increase to 54.7 and supplier deliveries continue to be very fast. 48.5, the directional change on that is 0.4 percentage points. What does this all mean? Services sector is still doing well. And my takeaway on this is that we are a month ahead of where I thought we might be. Typically, September is that pivotal month where we see the gains that happen right toward year end for the services sector, that's when the economy's going well. And that the summer is where things kind of are slowed down. There's a little bit of a lull based on holidays, vacations, you know, cycle time things. And what we're seeing here is August was a, was a very good month. And um, it just aligns with what we got from our respondents in the uh, semi-annual forecast where they felt that the second half would be better than the first, uh, the first half. And when you look at these indexes, and we can talk about them individually, but each one, um, it, it bodes well for this sector. Employment, I've always said, as employment goes, that's how this sector goes. And coming up from just over the base baseline of 50.7 to 54.7, good indication. That's a great indication. That's a big jump, Lou. Yeah, uh, the one that re really... Uh... Uh, really entices me is inventory. Uh, it seems as though that uh, uh, companies have been anticipating that there's going to be a good fall because that number went up 7.3 from 50.4 to 57.7. So everybody's kind of looking like they're they're getting into the game and they don't want to be left out by not having inventory. Well, it's a, it's a mixed uh, signal on the inventory side in the sense that some of it is carryover from uh, still, and I've mentioned this in past shows where there was such an issue with supply that they were increasing order quantities and frequency. And so one of the respondents indicated that a large order that they had placed previously had just shown up, which impacted their inventory. Ah. And also, let's keep in mind that little less reliance on inventory in the services side of things because it's more demand pull more just in time but here's the thing 
and this is a misnomer on this because uh, there's a misnomer on this in the fact that many supply managers in the services sector say that they don't measure or don't use inventories. However, they may not measure it, but they use it. Okay, they just sometimes don't. They don't uh, do a physical inventory on a monthly basis. It winds up being a direct expense at the time it hits their dock or the back door of their establishment. But they are using inventory. It's just that they're not measuring it per se. But overall, to your point, Lou, I think that what the respondents are saying is that uh, there is an increase in inventory. They're trying to right-size inventories. And this could be very much so for uh, anticipation of things. Cycle time's a lot less on, on this side of the equation, where you see it more as far as more alignment with what you see on manufacturing is possibly on the retail side of things or in, in information technology arena, where there's a longer cycle times and you have, and you have to order, like in the retail case, it's, it's a, you have to order that seasonally and they're very much ahead of the curve. They're placing orders for Christmas is typically done in the summer, if not sooner. So, uh, you know, it just depends on company and industry. So give us a little comment about the backlog numbers. Uh, went from uh, 10, uh, down 10 points. Well, from 52.1 to 41.8, which aligns with what we're seeing on supplier deliveries as well. I mean, they're, they're definitely interrelated. Uh, we're seeing quicker deliveries. Respondents indicated that there's no issue on trucking service right now. Definitely no backlog in the ports. We had all that backlog for months, several months. We don't see that anymore. So it's uh, as demand also for consumer goods has lessened over the summer months. It's been more spend on experiences in the services side of things. So that is why we're seeing uh, less backlog and, and faster deliveries at this point. Well, the Panama Canal's got a bit of a backup. <laughs> well, can't remember the last time I went through the canal. <laughs> Only East Coast goods go through the canal. Over there where you're from, right? Jersey. That's right. That's right. Well, it's amazing that they have a drought down there. But then again, everybody else has drought and forest fires and burn man events and... Uh, mud things and so on so what you just named the four seasons of california <laughs> so anthony i'm encouraged by employment that's a really strong number definitely and you know interesting enough I, and i i looked at through the comments from the respondents and they were indicating that there's more applicants better quality of workers available more people entering the workforce, but also that is all, it's been a mixed bag as well because some companies have experienced attrition. They're not backfilling positions and it, and it varies because there's certain, as we know, certain industries that are, are not doing as well as others. And that is the single largest variable expense in the services side, very labor intensive, less reliant on uh, technology as, uh, as it relates to uh, automation and machines and stuff like you would see in a factory setting. But overall, um, things are, are looking up. I mean, I, I like seeing this. I thought employment might be flat this month because, again, people still being on vacations and uh, typically the human resources department slows down in the summer uh, as they're 
have difficulty getting a hold of people and having hiring managers interview people. So there's a cycle time associated with that. But it seems we're ahead of the curve here. What industries are experiencing a little difficulty, Anthony? Well, there's 13 industries that have growth. And this is on the composite side of things. Um, on the contraction, you have agriculture, forestry, fishing, and hunting, mining, wholesale trade, healthcare and social assistance, management of companies and support services. When you look at it from a business activity standpoint, there's 12 industries that have reflected growth month over month. There's three with no change and there's three that are contracted. The three that contracted, agriculture, forestry, fishing and hunting, mining, professional scientific and technical services. So overall, I mean, looking at contribution to GDP on the composite side, two of the top five are in there healthcare and social assistance, as well as professional scientific and technical services. So interesting that real estate rental and leasing, people always say, well, we're not having the housing starts, we're not having the home sales that we had in the past, where's all this activity coming from? There's also rental and leasing in there. We know those markets are hot depending on what city you're in. Look at the cost associated with rentals right now and maybe not so much on the commercial side of things, but definitely on the retail side of things. We were speaking with an economist uh, on our show with Dr. Chris Keel, and we were talking about GDP. So your number translates into what GDP, because what we're hearing for the third quarter so far is we're running about 3%. Well, when you look at this on an annualized basis, when you take the composite and you transpose that, the 1.6. So it's just under, uh, some are saying that the economy is, you know, maybe around that 2% range is what I heard. And that, uh, you know, is the Fed thinking that we're still going maybe a little too fast here and still trying to combat inflation? Uh, you know, hard to say, because it's, it's a combination of two things. Is the economy going full steam ahead too strong? Is inflation, is it coming down a bit? Uh, still questions that need to be answered. I think that what we're seeing now is at this growth and the rate of growth is a good economy that can be sustained. It's not uh, you know, these huge spikes that uh, indicate that we might overheat a bit, not at all. But the other thing is when you look at inflation, prices, the rate increase of 58.9 up to 0.1 percentage points, prices have reached equilibrium. When you look at where it was back in the day, we were at 80 percentile range, what, a year ago, a little over a year ago, and we were in the 70s and high 60s, and now we've been in the 50s here for a bit. And that just means that, you know, prices have moderated. Tim has a great explanation for GDP, <laughs> and it sounds a lot better than the guys who are call themselves economists in Washington. So, Tim, give us your number and explain it for our listeners. Yeah, I had some fun looking at GDP and real GDP. Oh, I've and, done that. Yeah, and real GDP is far more encouraging than what we hear, you know, whatever other number, because so far for 2023, we're running at 5.4% real GDP growth. Those are real dollars, not uh, the government's fuzzy math. Well, you know why they, they call them two-handed economists? 
does on one hand or the other hand, right? <laughs> yeah. you, you never be wrong that way. And look, I have all the respect for economists, but you know, it's kind of like sometimes I feel when people are looking at things, and that's why they're all over the board. If you talk to one guy, you're going to get a different ex explanation than another guy. It's always like that. One of those. Ah, let me see where that is. And you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> for me, what I look at, and I try not to stray off of. Um, uh, you know, I know we talk about things that are outside of the realm of what these indexes indicate or what they're telling us, but I always go back to the numbers here. I go back to the respondent comments, and I know we've talked about this in the past, not to repeat myself, but for those that have not heard this, when you look at the co committee members of the ISM survey, they are representative of small, medium, large companies. They navigate their enterprise to get these the information to submit the data that we get on the survey. And they're giving it to us from real time. So that's why you get manufacturing on the first business day of the month. This is the third business day of the month. That's why actually economists like the report because it's very quick. The other thing is that we're not paying consultants that have no experience in these companies or never worked in that particular industry. These are folks right out of the companies in those industries. And again, it's the committee uh, composition is based on their contribution to GDP. So that's why these numbers track so closely. When you look at the graph of GDP, historically, look where the ISM composite graph line is, it mirrors it. And that's something that was done way back even before we came out with this composite index, there was a lot of work behind it. One of the things that uh, I uh, really enjoyed about the reading the numbers, uh, in, including uh, Tim Fiore's uh, uh, ISM manufacturing, is that typically August is a slower month like July, and then things pick up for September. But it, to me, it looks like, uh, and for All Metals and Forge Group, uh, my primary business, uh, we also had a, a good uh, August. And to me, that's a great indicator of what's coming for the third, third and fourth quarter of this year. I concur. I mean, I've been saying that all morning. I, I said we've been a month ahead of where I thought we would be. This right, to me, right. August is more like a September month. And right, I'm thinking exactly. that yeah, I mean, unless something derails this, I think we're going to have a pretty decent final quarter here. So, you know, from from uh, what you're saying and what I'm seeing, hopefully it's the case. I'm glad to hear that your company's doing well, especially when it's, you know, manufacturing side of things. Hopefully uh, we get out of that that tranche or that trough or whatever that Tim was talking <laughs> about, you know, uh, we get out of that. And uh, I'd like to see manufacturing get north of 50 relatively quickly. And if, you know, all metals and forge group can help pull that mule along, let's do it. We're doing it, baby. We're doing it. <laughs> well, I was looking at some other statistics that are compiled and you can find on the internet and even out of the Atlanta Fed, something they call GDP now. And the forecast, if you look at it for all the way through 2028, is continued growth. They don't have recession in there or even the R itself anywhere in their projection. So it looks like it's going to be very strong year over year for the next five years. So 
services ought to really enjoy that. Definitely. You know, I think, Tim, we should talk about you trademarking, you know, your research into the real versus GDP <laughs> and maybe come up with something like fake GDP, you know, and we can put a nice trademark on that because uh, why not? I mean, we got regular news, fake news. We got real GDP, fake GDP. <laughs> I like it. We'll, we'll have you contact our lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. Why you want to go muddy the thing up now? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, Anthony and I were talking about lawyers just before the show. <laughs> all, <laughs> all complimentary, I assure you. Of course. Of course. <laughs> well, Anthony, where do you see things going through the end of the year? It sounds positive. Uh, services sector sounds positive. We've got a few that are lagging, and I'm just curious, why is agriculture, forestry, mining lagging? Well, you know, it's somebody has to help manufacturing along in the lagging department. I, I, I wish I had the answer for that, but, but in all, all seriousness, I think that where we're going and, and we never know what might happen next month. And, you know, Asia's dragging, Europe's dragging, you know, the global economies are not doing as well as the U.S. economy. And, you know, that's a little bit of a concern. Uh, I think that you know, there could be potential headwinds, geopolitical concerns. We don't know what keeps going on with between the what's going on with Taiwan and China and, and Ukraine and Russia and all this stuff that's going on that's, you know, impacting global markets. But I do believe that based on where, you know, 80% plus of the economy is going in this country, that all indications are we're going to have the sustainable growth um, throughout the year. We might even have a little bit of an uptick as we get toward the holiday season. Hopefully retail does well this year. Um, I think that as employment goes, this sector goes and uh, overall economy as well. People employed, people have money to spend. And uh, if we stay on that track, we'll finish up the year strong. And to what you said earlier, there's been no conversation, no dialogue surrounding recession at this point in time. It was, the first quarter was the topic of conversation, right? We kid around about it as the big R, right? All of a sudden, it just dissipated. I love what one of the respondents here said. The same uh, experts that were talking about recession were talking about inflation, right? And it looks like, <laughs> and they, they actually complimented the Fed and said that they've done a good job in staving off inflation. Great. Now, let's lower these interest rates already, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Let the economy boom. Come on. Yes, Maybe it's yes. booming because of the interest rates. <laughs> Who knows? In this, in this case, they're booming despite the interest rates. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> in spite of fake GDP. <laughs> That's right. Well, Anthony, we appreciate our association with the Institute for Supply Management. I don't know if our listeners are aware, but we've been working with the ISM since our very first show back on November 13 of 2013, I think it was, Lou. That's it. And we are headed into our 10-year anniversary in two months with the Institute for Supply Management. Well, that's fantastic. Now, I know my, my tenure with you guys has not been that long because I, I was doing guest spots once in a while. <laughs> and then next thing I know, it showed up on my schedule as a, as a re, every month thing. I said, either they like me or they just make fun of me. I don't know. But anyway, it's been a pleasure working with you gentlemen. 
Well, we love the, your report, Anthony, and we appreciate you sharing with us every month. I know that you're involved with a lot of media properties and you have a very busy schedule. So we're, we are very thankful that the Institute for Supply Management has made you available to us. And we want to uh, tell people if they want to actually get this report, and especially the, the, uh, the comments from your respondents, it's at ismworld.org. And I'd like to mention to our listeners that if you like the show, let us know. At the, uh, uh, on the show, there's a subscribe button and a like button, and we would greatly appreciate if you bump those numbers up, just like the GDP. <laughs> Anthony, once again, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Always a pleasure. Thank you much. Have a great day. We'll we will, and we want to thank all of our listeners, all of our viewers, and as Lou says, hit the subscribe button, keep us rocking and rolling. Thanks for being with us. That's our show for today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please like and subscribe, share on social media, or leave a review. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Rumble, or your favorite podcast app. Visit us online at mfgtalkradio.com for our other episodes. We have also included links to our advertisers below. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.